Hey, hey, hey. This is Chris coming at you from the Cat Cave in Providence. Thank you for listening to this episode of Let's Chat. This episode uh, turned out great, but Mike and I originally had something different planned. We kind of touched upon it in the episode. Uh, basically, Mike had sent me a cracked link of how uh, Saved by the Bell was all a dream, and I kind of got really excited. I was like, let's do an episode about TV conspiracy theories and, and movie conspiracy theories, and we'll get we'll ask someone to come in and sit down with us and talk about it for about an hour. And we tried, and it was pretty fun. But uh, it just really wasn't working, and I had to give Nate a lot of credit because uh, at one point I had forgotten to turn off my cell phone, and it rang, and it was my grandma, so I had to pick up the call and chat with her, and it was very nice to hear from my grandma Ellie. But uh, Nate very politely mentioned when I came back into the room, he's like, I just don't think it's really working when we're trying to read off of uh, pre-written stuff, and and he was really right. So uh, we do talk about conspiracy theories in TV for probably half of it, not even, and we just kind of keep veering off, and at a certain point we just start talking about Adventure Time, and after that we're off book, and we don't even really finish what we start talking about. I did want to bring up my favorite conspiracy I did find is about how the Flintstones actually take place in the future. I do recommend looking that one up online and the Pixar theory. Uh, I still do like TV conspiracy theories, but I just don't think I could talk about it for an hour. Uh, big thanks to Nate for coming back. An episode that we really tried to do one thing, and the result, I think, ended up even better. We have a really great talk, and it's funny at first, and then we get really serious, and we start talking about race and class, and we get real kind of... We get very passionate about what we talk about, and everyone, I think, came off very well on such a sensitive subject. Nate and Mike are just smart guys, and it's just so much fun to talk with them. And it's kind of funny, because the three of us, if the microphones weren't here, that would probably be the conversation at some point in the night the three of us would end up having if we had a beer or two. So a big thanks for Nate for coming back on. Please do us a favor. Write us a review on iTunes or Google Play. That'd be really great. Like us on Facebook, shoot us an email or a message. Uh, we're thinking of throwing up a Let's Chat site in the near future. Just send us some feedback. Tell you all your friends. Thanks for listening, and here's an episode with Nate again. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Salt and Peppa and Heavy G up in the limousine. Hanging pictures on my wall. Every Saturday, Rap Attack, Mr. Magic, Molly Mall. I let my tape rock till my TikTok. <laughs> sipping on bamboo, sipping on private stock. Way back. Something about lumberjacks, because I grew up in Portland, Oregon. Oh. 
And if you don't know, you got the wrong song. I always think of the girl talk version, though. Yeah. I Where mean, you hear the, the Elton John. Do, 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 do. Tony Danza. Hold me closer, Tony Danza. <laughs> or Michael Scott does it. You have won a tiny Dundee. Didn't he fondle a boy in the bathroom or something? Or another man? Elton John? Uh, uh, Michael. Michael uh, Scott? <laughs> no. Michael. Uh, Ridley Scott, the no, director of the, Aliens? The singer, My, the singer from the 90s. Uh, Poor George. Who was who? <laughs> that who one. Was, George who, Michaels. Who molested George Michael. Yeah, he molested Michael. a guy in the bathroom. No, it was solicited sex. Well, yeah, that's so, fair. Whatever. He was a gay. G a i. A gay. Guys, afternoon it. One of those. Um, <laughs> so anyway, back to Airbud. So apparently, in the Airbud spinoff series, the uh, the Super Buddies series, as it's known on in Hollywood, um, there was. Do you want a pillow for your back? Nah, I'm cool. Lumbar um, support. I yeah no nah, man I'm I'm all about I got a lot of back I exist unsupported um, I'm my own man and um, there was a snowboarding version of one of those t- insane movies I'll take one. and they brought all the puppies out to, the, to this mountain and all the puppies died of parvo what <laughs> yeah right and then they had to get a new batch of puppies because they killed the first batch. Like remember, like in the early '90s, like um, when gangster rap was coming into the culture, it was like hip to be poor. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you would have all these kids from like the wealthy white towns, like near <laughs> next to where I was from, trying to like compare. Oh Yo, motherfucker! I only got that satellite cable. <laughs> I grew up tough. All I had was, uh... yeah, all my parents were only able to buy me a Subaru. It's <laughs> what makes a Subaru a Subaru. Hey, well, I mean, everyone else had Lexuses, and I only had a Toyota. What is, here's a good question. What's your favorite uh, car commercial jingle? Or just what's like a commercial jingle you really like? Meow, 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 meow. I want chicken. I want liver. I like uh, the State yeah, Farm commercials. State Farm. Well, it's more of a car insurance commercial. That's sure. not well, like no, I just car. meant not just cars. Like, the, so you're saying like, commercial jingle. Commercials in general. Okay. I don't really like commercials. Unless you're a commercial actor listening to this, I like I like any commercial that uses a any uses a song that the songwriter wrote originally about like heroin, and then (laughs) they made it about like Nabisco crackers. Those are always my favorites. There's a commercial you guys should Google it. It's a commercial for a Honda Odyssey minivan, and they use an Iron Maiden, uh, not an Iron Maiden, a uh, Judas Priest. Song for a Honda Odyssey minivan commercial. And oh, yeah. A lot of times the artist doesn't own their song, and that's how they get used in commercials. I'm sure that's what yeah, they, isn't that how, when they um, formed the band. Wasn't there a big thing? The Beatles, right? And, uh, um, I know that this happened ages ago where I think it was like Bob Dylan or somebody like that mm-hmm. got sued for sounding too much like himself after he. Oh, I know who you're talking about. He like was... ripped off one of his own songs because yeah. he didn't own Neil it. Neil Young did that on purpose. Did he? He like. Got sued. It wasn't Neil Young. He got sued by his own label for making. Maybe it was Neil Young, but he did it on purpose. We might be thinking of the same person. I, uh, yeah. I mean, I know it was like that era. I mean, I wish there was a way to find information readily available, but. Uh, yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> Guess let's let's bust out the old uh, encyclopedias, guys. Yeah, who has time to go to the library these do days? Do you have any you Magna Cartas laying around? When do you think the Dewey Decimal System will disappear forever? I have a prediction that Malcolm in the Middle will outlive the Dewey Decimal System. <laughs> You guys just bring up the silly in me. Well, people are people are um, people are going to remember Brian Cranston at least, <laughs> and they'll probably always remember him as you know the, the dad and Malcolm in the Middle. Yep, so. and nothing else. And nothing else. Or LBJ, the play, he's a, oh, the play true. in Boston. 
I'm not good at nonverbal social cues. Oh, I didn't know if you had questions written oh, down on. I have the, pages uh, and pages of uh, conspiracy theory things. So let's let's talk about what it is. So your wall is covered we had with pages of conspiracy doing. theories. Uh, so today we were going to set out and talk about. We set out to do movie and TV pop culture conspiracy theories, and I ended up finding a lot of TV ones. Man, if you just go on YouTube and look up TV cons- any sort of conspiracy theories into the internet, at some point you're finding the Illuminati and has predicted that the. I don't know how to say this. The Jewish left Hollywood Jewish population has been predicting the future and like the Simpsons. No, but it gets, no, it gets, I mean, it gets you're pretty. Not saying that you believe any of this. I, mean, I did this not. Is what I did, I did not say it. <laughs> Why would I make fun of myself? No, but it gets so dark and racist really you know quick. Well, so um, I mean, like all that stuff is. I think it starts off when it's founded in like this mistrust oh. of. Did you see? People. Have you seen the documentary Room Two Thirty Seven? No, no. I yeah, it's seen a, it on Netflix. I hear yeah. things. It's a documentary on Netflix about The Shining, and it's like six or seven segments, and basically they're all nut jobs who have these conspiracy theories about what The Shining really means. And obviously, it's all bullshit. But like, some of these guys have like literally dedicated their lives to figuring out the true meaning of The Shining. Uh, it's called Room Two Three Seven. It's awesome. on Netflix. The Netflix. You look it up. There's a a lot, but so I. It all started because you had posted something to my Facebook wall. Oh, about uh, about Saved, Saved by, by the, the Bell, Bell being a dream, and I went. I've actually never like I've never watched Saved by the Bell. Oh, you didn't yeah, me much. I, I mean, I wow! Guess so that be... really destroys the whole first yeah, page yeah. I have written. Well, like I'm aware of it as a cultural thing, but I'm not. I never really watched it. <laughs> all I know is that Screech did a porno. Yeah, I feel like yeah. from what I saw, it was like a dumb high school drama where Zach Morris was like a smug. Wasn't dumb-dumb. wasn't wasn't the theory that it was actually it's Screech's actually a dream? dream. No, the, it's Zach Stream. Oh, yeah. Who the played whole, Zach? By the, the whole way. article was about Mark how, Paul Gosser. The whole article was about how like those characters are in a previous show where his life is like not is like well, pretty normal. Good thing I've written this all down. Um, apparently, in the popular song by the notorious B.I.G. Juicy, when he says it was all a dream, he was referring to Say by the Bell. That makes sense. Uh, well, the it reason for the conspiracy sense. comes out is because there was a show predating Say by the Bell called Good Morning Miss Bliss. With uh, three of the uh, uh, had Zach, Mr. Belding, Screech, and Lisa Turtle, who are in it, and a bunch of other characters, but it's set in Indiana, and um, yeah, so it's set in Indiana, a little bit different because uh, Saved by the Bell takes place in California, and so this ran on the Disney Channel in '88 to '89, and the reason that it gets a little tr- trippy for fans is because uh, Disney repackaged it as part of Saved by the Bell. They actually took the first season of that show, renamed it Saved by the Bell, and then put it into syndication as the same show. So, so it's canonical, is what so, you're saying. Yeah, so it, this is why there's no mention of, like, why are all these new students at school saying the set is the same, everything is the same, except now it's set in pop. It's in, uh, set in California. Uh, I did looking to it. Some cameos, or before they were famous, would be Brian Austin Green, who would later go on to 90210. I was just going to say. And yeah, uh, a horrible rap career. <laughs> Better than Mark Wahlberg's rap career? Yeah. I don't By know. the way, fun fact, did you know that Mark Wahlberg... And the Funky Bunch. <laughs> um, ...beat up a black person? Like, when he was at the height of his career, apparently he assaulted a black man, and it was like an actual hate crime. 
And he, I, it's I thought like, it was a um, it was like a uh, Vietnamese guy or something, and he like I thought permanently it was. I heard him. it was a black guy, but it could it could have been that could have been misinformation. But I mean, it could be both. I know he was like I just really know that he like person. actually assaulted someone based on their race, and like no charges were ever pressed. Like it actually that happened. Yeah, he never apologized for it too. He actually acknowledged it, and he said his. I'm not like, upset about it. I just, right. I mean, who, it, I is, don't really care all that much. But. He is Irish. <laughs> no, he well he um, his excuse Nick, was. No, that he he just said like yeah I was a different person then and like I'm not the same person now and it like it's in the past. And he went to so. jail. I know he did. He did do some time. He's a jailbird. He did some hard time. Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> um, well, I mean, if, if he's committing hate crimes, then I'm glad he <laughs> spent some time in jail. I mean, that's, he called himself. Like and, those uh, two things should they follow. should do a remake of American History X with Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Yo, Donnie, it's a Transformer. <laughs> Shave his head. <laughs> He's in the new Transformers movie. Oh, my God. Of course he is. Oh, my God. It's Optimus Prime. What are some it's other... It's wicked awesome. Oh, so continue on with this Hey, by the Bell theory. Do you like Transformers? <laughs> I got a number. How do you like those Transformers? <laughs> so, according to the Cracked article, when by his side... Um, the. Um, Say by the bell starts with those characters, same setting. It's now in Bayside, California. There's no Mikey, no Nikki, or, and Miss Bliss are, aren't mentioned. Uh, Kelly is disappeared and replaced by Tori. Remember, you guys didn't watch Say by the, the only Bell's people who are going to appreciate this are the people who have seen Saved by the Bell. Everyone that's my age. Yeah. <laughs> so every, hopefully everyone listens. But there's a good chapter in uh, Chuck Klosterman's, or Klosterman? Do I say Klosterman. Klosterman's um, Sex, Drugs, and Cocoa Puffs. Mm-hmm. How everyone has a Tory in their life. Yep. Like I've you have that. a friend that kind of pops in, replaces your friend, and they leave and someone else comes back. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's in the great episodes of the earthquake, and they deliver a baby in the elevator. And if you guys want, man, this would have worked with somebody different. Well, there goes Sorry. an hour. I should, we should. Rec- I should just want to take a moment to recommend Chuck Klosterman to the listeners. I don't know if they're familiar with him, but he writes a lot of great stuff. A lot of the type of stuff we talk about, he writes a lot of great essays. He's so much smarter than us. He's really, he's Let's a really intelligent guy. Yeah. Did you ever read? Um, I read them all. Killing yourself to live. Yep. Killing, he goes to the station fire. Killing and blows yourself lines. to live. Fargo Rock City. Killing Yourself to Live is one of the only books that's ever like made me feel feelings. Like when he's talking about the going to the place where, like you know, have you read On the Beach? No. Okay, well, I'll read that. He, when he's driving to go see where the dude from the Replacements had killed himself, and how like a Replacement song always reminded him of his friend who died of terminal cancer, mm-hmm. and every time oh, yeah. he hear that song, he would just like get emotional. And like my friend Sean had died of cancer right at that time when I was reading the book. And, I'll, and, like, you know, you have those songs. Like, I still can't hear Lean on Me without getting all... Ugh. Hallelujah is like that for me. With the Leonard Cohen version? No, the or Jeff the, Buckley. Or it has the to do Rufus with... Rufus White. Rufus Wainwright. No, yeah, it's... Everybody... I think everybody's got a song. Yeah. Mm. Well, uh, back to the conspiracy that you guys don't care about because you don't want to by the bell. Uh, basically, what they really, really, really get into the... Uh, the, the the lyrics of the theme song and he don't know it but uh so the whole thing the whole theme song for the Saved by the Bell is painting this awkward teenage boy who is like Saved by the Bell at the last minute pop can't do a pop quiz test but in the world of Saved by the Bell Zach Morris is king of the castle like he if he didn't do his homework last night he's not sa- literally Saved by the Bell he uh he's like literally uh he will get the teachers to like make a bake contest, or he controls the school. Uh, then the head that says that. Um, so the whole idea is Zach is asleep, and that Tori and Kelly are uh, signs of his subconscious trying to break through. And in real life, Zach is just like a nerd, 
And so every time he falls asleep, he falls asleep into the world. He's really just little. He's cause the character in Good Morning, Miss Bliss. He's like dorky Zach Morris, who's an awkward teenager. So he falls asleep and he wakes up in Bayside. And his dream, he's in Bayside, California, King of the Castle. I get a little annoyed with um, dream interpretations of um, of shows, though. Like I've heard one for, of course, I'm just going to know this one offhand. I've heard one for Pokemon too. Where it's supposed to be that he's dreaming or he's like in a coma or something, and all this stuff is just his subconscious, and all like the weird monsters and stuff that he sees are just like his subconscious, and it's all Jacob's Ladder or whatever. And that's why he's 10 the whole time, and the number 10 appears through the whole thing. Yeah, but I mean, it's like the laziest interpretation you mm-hmm. can make. I mean, anytime you see something strange happen, you just say, oh, yep, he's yeah. dreaming. He's, he's, well, the, he's, the he's like is, dead in a ditch, and this is like the last thing that's going through like, his head. It's kind of like. I think you were the one, Chris, who were talk- was talking about nine eleven and how, like, at the end of the day, like, no one will really ever know. Except we already it's, know everything. Like, you can, everything. you can come up with almost any theory you'd like for any TV show, and there's no way that anyone can disprove you, mm-hmm. unless yeah. you talk to the writer and hook him up to a polygraph and ask him, "Is this what you intended?" Otherwise, you can kind of extract whatever you want to extract. Exactly, and even then, do you know it, what uh, I mean? The stuff that the writer says is just another interpretation. Interpretation. Right. I mean, there was, um, this one is. So there was this one really good um, story that I heard about, of course the name's escaping me, Ray Bradbury, uh, the guy who wrote Fahrenheit 451. And everyone knows that book's about censorship. Like, that's what it's about. It was a pleasure to burn. Exactly. And um, so apparently the story goes that he was at a college giving a lecture about his book, and like a student stood up and started talking about, oh, you know, your book's so great, it's about censorship and all these things. And he says, oh, actually, no, this is really interesting. Um, Everyone thinks that my book's about censorship. Really, what I wrote it about was about the way that um, the way that television was replacing books and that the vision of his his vision of the future that Fahrenheit 451 paints is a world in which television has destroyed literature. And that the student just said, no, it's about censorship. (laughs) And apparently he stormed off. Wow. And I mean, I'll leave it to you guys to, to to figure out who's right there, but I mean, well, I think the guy wrote it. <laughs> but it, it could, that's do you the agree thing though? Is, I mean, I never read the book. Oh, okay, but yes, but that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. It you can extract. It's subjective. Yeah. Well, same about about one is clearly just lazy capitalism, where they just wanted to repackage that so- show. Right. I and mean, that, one of the reasons we also pick TV conspiracy theories is because they're not really like this is fun. Right. I mean, we also. <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, you can get anything you want out of it. Like here, watch this. Um, yeah. I've never seen an episode of Saved by the Bell, but I know a few things about it. Saved by the Bell is an alien experiment. Uh, Zach Morris is an alien, and all these students are abductees, and he's um, all his like timeouts and stuff like that are him using advanced technology. Do you think that's why Screech has a robot? Oh, yep. There you go. See now it makes sense, and yeah. that's why the nightclub is called the Attic. Mm-hmm. What if it turns out that it actually like there are TV shows that are like supposed to be one thing, but are actually something really dark, like. Urkel was like a neo-Nazi or something crazy. <laughs> I think that's and, a, and all about. of like all of the clues are, are written into the show if you really pay attention. But it's so crazy that no one would actually believe it. But it was the writer's actual intention. So you're turning into one of these Illuminati people <laughs> saying nine eleven. What you're saying predicted. is that Urkel did nine eleven. <laughs> More yes. Yeah. What's his name in real life? Uh, Jaleel, Jaleel White. Jaleel, Jaleel White. He was in Saved by. Can the you imagine movie. if it tur- they actually revealed the real nine eleven commission? It turns out Jaleel White was like the mastermind behind nine eleven. Well, I'd be very upset. I'm sorry. Do you I get just... offensive too that all these conspiracy theories are always so Eurocentric? It's never. It's like 9/11 was an inside job, but it's never like what about these bombings in the country we never heard of. 
No, well, actually, did you hear that just this past week, or I don't know if the news broke this week, I don't know when it happened, an Australian and a New Zealander, I believe, if I'm correct, were killed by a U.S. drone strike <laughs> in, like, um... Where at? It, it, uh, I don't remember the name of the country. It's it's where we're striking with drones right now. Hold on, you got to be more specific, because there's yeah. just so many places. It's, an, it's, it's there's one no of the laws. more obscure Middle Eastern countries. But anyway, um, I guess no one's been upset about drones. Like, people have been upset about drone strikes, but now that it's someone other than the when world. we're blowing up people we don't know, people in another country that we're supposedly at war with. But suddenly when an American gets hurt or no, I agree. or an Australian or an Ing- or a Brit or whatever, suddenly it's a big deal. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It, public outrage doesn't happen right. until, like, when a white girl goes missing and there's always, like, a hundred black girls missing at the same time and you've never seen a, right. a Nancy Grace. <laughs> Why is she on TV? Yeah, I mean, everyone... <laughs> I, I could swear there's, like, a website devoted to just, like, missing yeah. white girl watch. Yeah, it's, like, called CNN. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Here's a question for you, boys. Fox plane News, crashes. <laughs> Here's a question for you, boys. A plane classes in the ocean. How many times can CNN report on it? <laughs> I literally saw them talking about that. They still haven't found it, right? <laughs> no. No. There was that news report last week where it was, like, a Chinese vessel or an Australian vessel picked up a beacon that they thought could have been a black box, but it wasn't. It was well, like, this could be the plane, and then two days later it was like, nope. Nope, turns out there's a lot of garbage in the ocean that we put there. Well, like, what was the beacon doing out there? I don't know. Just, there, have you heard of, like, Three Mile Island? I've like familiar. It's like a Three Mile Island. I don't know what it's called, but it's, like, it's there's a thing of garbage floating around the size of Texas. That's all Oh, plastic. yeah, 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 that huge, like, that's garbage. That's been uh, the Illuminati suspect that the right-wing, no, the, just the liberals... Have created that to land the plane on that big piece of plastic for terrorism attacks because it's really hard to buy a plane. That makes sense with all of your resources. Plus, I mean, it's probably pretty easy to land a plane on a floating uh, <laughs> layer of yeah. plastic. Yeah. So I did a lot on Toy Story because I like, um, <laughs> but they were all about basically Andy's father is dead or a deadbeat. So that was kind of. I annoying. mean, he's not in the picture, which is kind of weird. Well, from although, the, do you ever notice that about like? Every other cartoon, Walt too. Disney had some uh, issues. Any kind of anything there's, where there's like kids involved, there's always a mom and no dad. Well, there, there's that classic thing about Disney where like every Disney movie ever made, with the exception of one or two, there's either only one parental figure or no parental figures, yeah. or one dies. What's the deal? I don't know. It's interesting. Opinions. Yeah. So, what else do you got written down here? Helga's. Hey Arnold, mom. Hey, Helga's mother is an alcoholic. <laughs> I don't think I read that one. Yeah, I don't think I read that I didn't one either. Crawl into that in that rabbit hole. So, like, if you, um, I, a lot of this you have to kind of. I just like wrote these things down, but um, the one that I think we'll talk about the most is the Flintstone one because that was a lot of these like were kind of funny. Oh, I think I've read the Flintstone one where like they're Tim the and the Jetsons or yeah, the same yeah. Time period. Well, here's one. So yeah, basically, in Hey Arnold, they have a whole theory that. Helga's mom was an alcoholic, and I don't really see that as a conspiracy theory. It's more of like subtext that I couldn't say. And if you watch it, like when it, the, the thing is, you can use that to explain anything. So with the evidence they made in this YouTube video, I think it's true. But of course, if I watch the entire series, I might think something different. But I'm not going to watch <laughs> Arnold again. That's fair because it wasn't that good. Yeah. What? Oh come uh, on, and not defend here. Hey Arnold, besmirched. Yeah. Um, but I think when you watch something by like when I watched it, I was already too old for it. So I don't have that same nostalgic view for it. Yeah, I think I was like just outside of the age. Like I didn't think that, that held up. Rugrats. Actually, I just took a BuzzFeed quiz the other day, and my res- <laughs> it, the the question was, "What '90s cartoon were are you?" Were you Stoop Kid? My 
result was hey arnold and i in my comment i said whatever happened to stoop kid i wonder if he oh he did leave the stoop at the end of the episode i believe that's true i should know that but arnold's parents are dead yeah well again no parental figures yeah they're they're out of the picture isn't and that's kind of like uh the whole idea of like south park i mean the parents are still alive but it's almost children acting without rules or law because the kid the parents are just fucking do you remember uh, a lot of people are going to remember this but you said you didn't really watch hey arnold i just remember mr smith he was one of Arnold's neighbors who apparently was like a spy and you never saw his face. Arnold would just always like buzz up. No, I don't I don't remember that one. Yeah, and you remember like but even there's fun stuff too like I never like the philosophy of the Muppet babies and then Nanny was supposed to be the ominous all god. And it, and this stuff is just fun. Like there's the philosophy of the Simpsons, the philosophy of South Park. Like uh Kenny is your daily dose of death and stuff oh uh, if everyone listening it's really not a visual medium but we had a plate of cheese and crackers that we all ate and mike just looked down and saw they were empty and his face of disappointment i wish we had like he looked so angry right there you're like i mean we could snap a shot and add it to the show notes yeah maybe we could because it was um cracker barrel cheese which isn't my favorite i'm actually more of a cabot man but and these like triscuits with just the right amount of flavor but when you mix it with cheddar it just really comes alive have you ever been to Farmstead? Never been to Farmstead. Do you eat cheese? I do eat cheese. Then you should go to Farmstead. Right. Um, here's a funny one. A lot of the stuff I just wrote down little things just because I didn't feel like getting really into it. The Magic School Bus kids grew up to fight with Captain Planet. So the kids from Magic School Bus turned into Magic <laughs> Oh, Planet. I remember seeing that. Yeah, they were. It's Well, yeah. to, in fairness, I don't know if that one was so much a conspiracy as the fact that the exact same like diversity team was behind making yeah. sure that everyone was represented. But they're all the, they're all the, the um, same company that did Magic School Bus did. Uh... I mean, I don't know about the same company, but yeah. it's the same like logic that you got with um, what was it like the Burger King Kids Club? Well, here's a, uh, one I liked um, a lot. This one was extremely popular. The Merchant and Aladdin is the genie himself because I mean they're both voiced by Robin Williams. Again, probably just trying to save money. And um, there's some whole storyline of like in the very beginning he has the genie and or the lamp like. Man, um, this one we all watch Breaking Bad, correct? No, I'm. What do you do all day? Books? Uh, I, I couldn't answer that question. I am a big Breaking Breaking Bad fan. Well, the popular one was that he was going to run off into witness protection program and turn into hell, which they went as far to, f- to f- film that for the. Uh, yeah, that's why he's always, That's always why he's going to be remembered for. Uh, yeah, for the, about dad, the middle, cause exactly. Because that's, that's the only role he's ever played. But this one, uh, one of the more popular ones, is that it turns out that actually Malcolm turns into Walt. Because the timeline, ah. the other way around. I'd like to imagine that Dewey was became Walt. Dewey, he's from Milford, which is not far from where you grew up, uh, where true. I work. Uh, I've never seen or met him. Yeah, me neither. This one was a little uncomfortable, but uh, wait, the kid who plays Dewey? Mm-hmm. He's from Milford. The Smurfs are uh, Nazis creator. Well, the creator of the. All right, I read my note wrong. The creator of the of the Nazis. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> The creator of the Smurfs grew again. up in Belgium during Nazi occupation. So the theory is that Smurfs were all um, the KKK. Pop, and Papa Smurf wears red. And uh, Gargamoyle has a very uh, stereotypical nose. This uh, is pretty left field. Yeah, this, this is, is way this out is there. This is one of those weird ones. It, it's, um, I, it, whose you. theory is this? Uh, YouTube's searching. Um, uh, I wasn't, weren't the Smurfs like... Actual like all Belgian, and, like Belgian creatures from mythology or something. I, I don't know. And there's something to do with know. that. They're uh, the blue equals the Aryan. It's called the Aryan theory that the 
the Smurfs were all blue, and like Aryans were supposed to be blonde hair, blue eyes, <laughs> and like the girl Smurf has blonde hair, blue eyes. Like, what is your take on that, Mike? I think that the Smurfs is an allegory for nine eleven, and it predicted nine eleven years before it actually happened. <laughs> Shouldn't the plural be Smurfs? <laughs> Smurf. <laughs> that's my. That's Nate's argument with all this. He said Smurfs wrong. Oh, man. My one question about all of these conspiracy theories is why why do and why if if there really is a secret society that's controlling the world why are they like dropping hints like why <laughs> like if i were running the world from like the, from the shadows and i were like secretly in control of all the media and all the money i just wouldn't tell anyone i'd be like i am powerful and that's that's where i'm at i think that's the whole point it. is that like because no one has openly said that they are running the world more or less like it remains debatable and i think they'd rather have that anonymity i mean i think that ultimately it comes down to the fact that people find it more comforting to assume that somebody's in charge as opposed to their own government well as opposed to just like you know insanity i think all of them have some level of truth to them but i don't think any of them are completely true like we know that more or less the entire world is run by a small group of people with an exceedingly large amount of money and that those people influence a lot of private interests, blah, 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 blah. That we know for sure. And everyone knows they meet in the head of the Statue of Liberty once a year. That's true. Right. Wait, the uh, what? Right, right, right the, the head crown. of the, the crown of the Statue of Liberty they meet once a year. So they're the Ghostbusters is what you're saying? <laughs> what? what the you, end of Ghostbusters too. Do you know anything about Jekyll Island? No. What's... No. Oh, I. there's just the story about the Federal Reserve and how it came to be. And that um, it started with a small group of guys who met on an, an island called Jekyll Island. And there's a book, uh, The Mystery or The Secret or something of Jekyll Island. If you Google it, it's about the Federal Reserve and how it started and how they had this small secret intimate meeting. And that's how the Federal Reserve like started. And the Federal Reserve is actually a private entity. Yeah, I don't I just knew I don't know much about it. So I wish we had some I wish I could speak to that. Yeah, I mean, I, I know a thing or two about how like national debt works but i don't really know anything about the relationship who's in charge of it now it's not ben bernanke he's not in charge there was a woman who was recently put in charge of the federal reserve of the fed i don't remember her name but uh i heard and i don't know if this is true or not but i heard that there's no law on the books that says that requires us to pay in income tax and i don't know if that's that's true or not but it that's can't objectively untrue. untrue. There's like a very popular libertarian-ish documentary about it. You could watch about it. Have, it have you guys ever heard of... Oh, sorry, not to interrupt. No, I don't. I'm not important, Nate. This is all about you. <laughs> um, well, there's this whole like group of people. If you ever, if you Google like sovereign citizens, it's just people who are, like, are dead set on the idea that if the government tells you to do something and like they just don't have to, you can just be like, nah, that's fine. That's, that's <laughs> the thing that you put on... The internet the other day about that guy who like was an armed. Who, oh, okay. Story. So is this guy? Well, insanity. I, mean, I don't remember his this, name, this uh, Clive or something. Anyway, uh, he lives in the Midwest, and what happened was, for like a hundred, hundred and fifty years, his family has had cattle in that area. Oh, is that and the thing that's going on right now? Where it's more or less over, but uh, basically, what happened is he. For like 150 years, his family owned land. And I guess the laws 
somewhere in those 150 years changed for like what you're required to do to have cattle grazing on like land. So what happened was the government finally got around to deciding, okay, we're going to take this guy's cattle. And so they came in and basically told the guy, you're not, your cattle are not legally grazing and we're seizing all of your cattle. So he got him and all of his friends together with like AR-15s and a bunch of assault rifles and stuff and literally had a standoff with the government. And he said, when they asked him like, why are you being so resistant? He said, I don't acknowledge the existence of the U.S. government, so your rules don't apply to me. And Yeah, that's basically what. They gave him his cattle back, and they're like, yeah, you're breaking federal law. And he's like, yeah, I don't recognize federal law, so, I'm don't, so I don't care. And they gave him his cattle back. Weird. And that's the end of it. Like, that's what happened. So, um, yeah, that's basically what the... the... It's like sovereign citizens are basically that, but nuttier. And they're like, and it's like, they'll get pulled over at like a traffic stop. And they're just like, no, nah, I don't have to yeah. obey speed limits. And then, and then they go to court. But and get yeah. And that's literally what happened. Like him and his friends were pointing guns, assault rifles at the police. And they're like, yeah, you can't do that. And they were like, yeah, but we, d- we kind of just did. And they were like, but it's, you can go to prison. And they're like, yeah, no, we don't care. I don't know. I found that fascinating. I feel like that's one of those things. If black people try to do it, it would have been so different. There would have been a drone strike. If that no, like in, in all seriousness, no, there's like that. Donald Glover has a whole stand up bit about how like what he grew up with like a lot of white friends, I guess, or he grew up in Georgia or something. But he had this whole bit about how like it's different when you're of a minority. He's like a bunch of kids could uh, run run naked and jump into someone's swimming pool, but he's like, well, black to do that arrested and then you think about it that's kind of true though like you know when you see like these college parties or like the riots like there's certain things that get allowed like with colleges or that party or like gigantic college parties of like thousands and thousands of kids or a festival where they just let people day drink like orgies like orgies but if you like replace all of those with minority all right here's the perfect example i was coming back i was in uh, jersey city taking what the people call the drunk train home. And um, we were going to, from Jersey City to Hawthorne, my buddy uh, Dan Shields is going to come on in the future. And we were at a punk rock concert. Our, our, the band Folly was playing one of their, la- their last show. Was this the reunion? It must have been a re- oh, reunion show. And it was just stereotypical bros. I mean, train car packed of just drunk bros screaming open alcohol. No one did anything. I mean, my friend Dan were like just there, awkward as shit. And I'm thinking, if this was the exact same scenario and all these people were a different race, there would be a SWAT team. Yeah, probably. I mean, a really good real life example is the fact that, um, and one of the reasons I'm really, really in favor of like drug law reform is that um, back in the it would have been 70s, I think 80s, I think, where um, they the Congress was determining um, like where to set drug rules in relation to cocaine um yeah well crack they they basically made up the figure that crack was worth like some exponentially larger amount of punishment than powder cocaine one it it just got because of obama it got dropped down to one for one yeah one for one like one for 18 so one gram of coke crack would be worth 18 times that's the new reform (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and it was it was dramatically worse before. Crack is less drug. Yeah, 
It's and the cocaine difference. with baking soda and baby formula and, and I don't know. God knows what else, yeah. Yeah, but well, I like mean, your there's... shit is getting stepped on, maybe. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry. Nice. Ouch. No, but I mean, the, dif- <laughs> the only difference is that, like, demographically speaking, poor black people do crack and rich white people do cocaine and... Of the drug using population, <laughs> Sorry, don't just... give me that look. No, I'm not. I... No, that's um, VH1 used to do these great things called the drug years, and they would kind of socially go through what each drug had an effect on in the government. But crack was huge, and crack was the first drug that really affected female populations. So you had a large generation of like women get addicted to drugs and then letting their kids run wild. And it was always in projects. And it's not I, uh, personally, I think it's more of a class thing than a race thing. Yeah, but meth hit hard, and that hit. Well, I guess you would call quote unquote white communities, right? Like Midwestern, but, yeah. White, but there's that conspiracy, like the the bla- uh, what's it called, like the white man conspiracy to hold the black man down, and then you go through history and like, oh, sorry guys, <laughs> but that goes for women too. Like, there's a lot of like if you look like religiously, like women are treated horribly throughout history. Yeah, one thing, uh, one fact, yeah, women that I just... don't have it that bad. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I'm not gonna go there. I think we're just being horrible. This no, podcast. it's okay. I'm not going to apologize for anything. We're, I, we're just teasing. That's true. We're having a good time. We don't have any sponsors. This is all... Hey, our listener. The, the zero <laughs> the one, listener. The one guy listening. Bill Revel, thanks for sticking out there. Yeah. It's my dad. Turns um, out 98% of our listener base is female. Uh, this is... Um, I, I remember I posted about this on Facebook back during the um, 2012 election. So anyone who even remembers that is probably going to roll their eyes when I say this. But... Um, one fact that I really love is you remember back during um, the 2012 election with um, Aiken. He was the guy who said um, the legitimate rape guy. He was. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, That's how right. he'll be forever known. His yeah, name doesn't even he's matter. The legitimate rape guy. So anyway, he was the guy who said, uh, le- it, you know, as far as I know, legitimate rapes can't cause pregnancy. And um, he's right, though. The body has a way of just shutting these things down. <laughs> yeah, it just shuts it right down. Just uh, everything just turns inside out. Down Unless there, it's the will of God, of course. Yeah, you know, obviously. Oh, because that's how it works. Yep. Um, but anyway, so apparently, as far as I understand it, he was quoting a Baptist preacher from the seventies who said pretty much the same thing. But where the Baptist preacher got his science, and of course, I'm bringing it back to Hitler, of course, um, is. They got their science from concentration camp medical experiments that said that um, when a woman is, like, violently attacked, the stress from that can prevent a fertilized egg from implanting or cause miscarriage. (laughs) No, but but apparently, like, I mean, it's by a matter of, like, a few percentage points makes it more difficult to get pregnant. But, I mean, that's... It's, like, a little upsetting to know that, like, that's where our national policymakers get their science from, like... Goddamn concentration camp medical experiments. And there were women that came out to like support maybe him we shouldn't. Too. Of course there were. I believe Ugh. the senator misspoke when he said this horrible, 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 horribly awful thing. Yeah, maybe we should just stop saying that for these people. I think that, like, and there's actually, speaking of conspiracy theories, there is a theory that, like, Hitler's influence on the world, like, Hitler's existence is so meta that, like, everything since Hitler. Can be, How do we keep bringing can, it back to this? No, but that's what I'm saying. There's a, this, it's ridiculous, and I don't subscribe to it. But there's a theory that Hitler was so influential as an individual that everything that's happened in history since Hitler existed can be boy, like simplified and brought back to Hitler. Is that true for anything? Well, it is kind of. I mean, the butterfly effect. But there are people who believe that, like, yeah. since Hitler's death, everything can like somehow or another comes back to 
Right, the Nazi party. I don't know. All right. Then how do we get from Hitler to Kevin Bacon? Go. <laughs> um, we should actually try. Just shave Hitler's mustache off? That's Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon <laughs> was probably in a movie directed by... Steven Spielberg at any point? Maybe yeah. George Lucas? Uh, Ivan Reitman? I don't know. Someone who knew Steven Spielberg. Someone who was a... Co- parents were in the Holocaust. Sometime, I've heard that there are some people of the Jewish faith involved in show business, but I hear that's only a rumor. I don't think that's even a little true. I don't, I don't think my people are very well represented up there. <laughs> Can I have people? I mean, you're like, are you full really Jewish? Half yeah, it's, Jew? uh, it's matrilineal. So you're Jewish. Jewish you so. are black and Spanish. <laughs> black and Spanish is not a religion. Yeah, well, <laughs> Judaism is a, a race as well as a religion. And what about me, guys? I got nothing going here. I'm just your average, boring white guy who's got way too much privilege. <laughs> Do you understand when I was a child and I wanted to buy a toy, they only had toys in my skin color? <laughs> if you know how hard that was for me. If you wanted to assemble a Burger King Kids Club line. Of... <laughs> they looked like me. I wanted something different. When I watched TV, they represented me. I didn't want that. There was always, like, in every kid show, if you look back, like, there was, like, the token black kid, like, the token black, like, boy or girl who was very, like, very proper. If you look back on the kid shows, they were never, the black kids were never ghetto. They were just very proper. Oh, I, love, and, I love how South Park does that with token. Like, they call him token. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why he's so, token is one of the most, like, eloquent. He's rich. And, like, yeah, that's why he's t- token. And there, and there was that whole episode where, like, all the rich people moved to town and they all just happened to be black. <laughs> And then they, and then the they townspeople the big got T's. all mad because they were because all like the rich people were changing their town. They want they put the big T's for time to go home. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Why do you always bring out the Hitler and KKK talking to me? I don't really like. Hitler. We we talked about the KKK last time. Yeah, and you wanted to break bread with them. No, I never no, he said I would break, break bread with the he KKK. Wanted to break, but... He wanted to break bread with Brian Cranston. I, I was just saying if if. <laughs> Look, if a member of the KKK asked me to sit down and eat a meal with them, I would do it. That's all I'm saying. Is that so bad? Is that because it's the clan or you just really like a good meal? Well, I love a good meal, but I'm not going to discriminate. I mean, like down-home southern cooking, you know? (laughs) They have good food in the south, is all I'm saying. You can't taste height. (laughs) But, you know, after we recorded last time, um, that was nice because we went out and got soup uh, like the next week. Ramen. Ramen. Yeah, the, uh, the ramen you guys invited me out, and, and oh, what was it called? Ken's Ramen. And on Washington Street in Providence. <laughs> fucking phenomenal. If you like traditional ramen, think, check it out. I think the owner came over, but I was like stuffing my face and asked for more water. <laughs> How is everything? I own this. This is my life. More water! <laughs> no, you could tell he was really happy because Robin said, our friend Robin said, this is like, this is really phenomenal, and he, he, he lit up. It was so good. Oh, my God. I remember going to uh, Nick's on Broadway. And I had this think been. one of the best dinners I've ever had in my entire life. It was like um, fish. With, uh, I can't even begin to describe it. But it was, um, I guess, the, the chef over at Nixon Broadway, the head chef, I guess he's like nationally known. And when the waitress came over and took my plate, I said to her, I said, I've actually never done this before. I've only seen it in movies. But could you send my compliments to the chef? And she was like, yeah. And I saw her walk over to the kitchen because the kitchen's exposed. And like whisper into his ear, he leaned forward and he just like fist pumped in the air. He was so happy. That's got to feel good. There's that good uh, John Favreau movie coming out called Chef. I think it's out. I saw the preview for it on Hulu. 
where it's like about chefs and it looked like John Favreau's awesome and it's like and the preview was as if uh the owner wanted him to do a different menu and he want and then he says fuck you and makes his own menu and gets like national renowned there's a woman in my office who's like super foodie and we always talk about restaurants and like I like to go out to eat and she'll be like knows the name of each chef and like like the food scene is almost like the art world like there's a food world in Providence that I was just, I want to be part of it I just want to eat everywhere <laughs> Apparently the food in like nationally Providence is really well known for their food and I had no idea. I guess Number we just take it for granted being here. Number one in the country by like a lot of things. I feel like I should have a big foam finger or something. I know. Number one. But it's funny too. I was uh hanging out with former guest last night, Brendan Brendan, and we were up in Milford and after work and we were gonna grab a bite to eat. And I was like, Oh, is there any good pubs around here? He's like, Well, and I was like, well, I was at home. I can go walk. I can throw a stone and be at Lily Marley, um, Louis Fuller's or something. And it's like we ended up at like Wendy. It was between like Wendy's and Five Guys for a good burger, <laughs> or like Chili's and Applebee's. Ugh, I think it must. So part of it must be taken for granted because you can name any type of beverage, any type of food. It could be pizza. It could be pastry. It could be Asian fusion. It could be like New American. It could be anything. And I could tell you a place in Providence. I could tell you three places in Providence where you could get all of those things, and it's the best you've ever had. I have Fellini's in my kitchen for when you guys leave. <laughs> where was that pizza we ordered uh, over at uh, our friend's apartment? Oh, um, Cecilia's. <sighs> my yeah. fucking God. There's a Cecilia's in Boston. I think that's the original. Really? Yeah. And it's it was so stuffed pizza with, what did we get? Ham? Yeah, we got like a ham. Broccoli? And- I think broccoli, yeah. And it's like a stuffed pizza. Yeah, like the oh, real Chicago-style deep it dish. It was so amazing. Where it's like a pie. Chicago-style? It was like deep dish, but like when you would bite into the pizza, the actual... Yeah, like it was like a pie, like the crust. It was like all... a pie, yeah. And it was like cheese inside of the pizza. Oh, my God. Good call on that one. <laughs> Good call. Even though it took forever. Yeah. Man. Well, I guess we'll bring up our last conspiracy theory and then just screw around for a little while. Um well, you know what I noticed, too, um, when I was reading? This one was probably... This one I liked the best because I think it took work. It's basically up the Flintstones and the Jetsons. But you remember how when you're younger, like, your future seems so bright? And now, like, when we when we, when we vision the future... And now it's, it's all just that's shit. Such a sad, that's such a sad statement. Everything's so post-apocalyptic. Oh, God, let's talk about Adventure Time first off. So I am pretty new to Adventure Time. So I'm on the first season, but I saw, I think, the first episode of season five. I think with, with uh, was that with my friend with Brandon who was on. Yeah, it's the one where he's us. like a real kid and like at the very very world. end, it was crazy. But so I was reading about how I guess there's like the conspiracy theory is that it takes place in a post-apocalyptic world and Finn is like a real human. Yeah, but uh, no, the last human. Um, but there's the, evidence that says well, you, well, they never say that he is exactly the last human. There's like some hints that another character he meets might be human too, oh. and. No, and you never really find out who his parents are, or at least I haven't yet. Or, yeah, I'm catching I, but, up on season five right now. But so. I think even they're the same. But I guess even the creators come out and said that's the truth. That that's where it takes place. I Maybe mean, it's not really a conspiracy. Theory. Yeah, I mean, it in it's like the very end of the third season and like into the fourth season, <sighs> they explicitly say that like the backstory of a bunch of the characters are that. Like, I like they there's are a lot of like throwaway jokes or throwaway moments that really can turn out. And become like the whole story. Like I was watching an episode where it just it cuts like Jake writes advice columns, <laughs> very very short, and it's got a couple of jokes. And it will cut to someone read, and Jake just keeps ignoring this person and not knowing who it is. Like it has like a stalker, and I don't even know if it has a payoff. It was just like Arrested Development status of just like 
Like non sequiturs. Yeah, yeah. You know what I thought was really interesting? Like I was thinking about it the other day. Ren and Stimpy is very much like Adventure Time in the way that it's like a little almost too mature for its audience. Mm. But I was giving it some thought and I realized that Ren and Stimpy is like it was one of my favorite shows growing up. A lot of parents didn't want their kids to watch it because it was like grotesque, the animations and stuff. Yeah. But Adventure Time I feel like has like actual moral weight to it like some of the issues that they deal with and the lessons they teach are like adult lessons but i feel like because the show's not like grotesque yeah i mean there are definitely some do you know what i'm saying like there's that difference there. absolutely no there are definitely some like very very obvious call outs to ren and stimpy and i think with, like, like the up close facial yeah you'll see like shots of somebody's like detailed. hand or their face really tight and they look like super detailed and gross right and right i think really every cartoon does that these days ren, i mean i think if you're a cartoonist like that has to be one of your influences yeah absolutely i love that um finn in one of the episodes i saw like a couple days ago is like his commitment to being good to help people is because he was a little baby he felt he pooped on a no he made boom boom on a leaf and <laughs> fell and got stuck and, and no one no helped him help. and then someone helped him and it would to be what looked like jake's parents yeah they were and, but like that's funny because poop is always funny of course poop jokes are always funny but that's really sweet but, like that little boy his whole idea is just to help yeah so i, I thought think... it took place as an imagination but i kind of like this other idea that's uh mutated mutants and yeah no like wizards they, and would there you, are Nate, a bunch would... of episodes where like the literally the entire plot is like back in like I mean, I don't want to spoil you, but there's um, there about okay. oh, well, um, should, I don't think I anyone watching Adventure Time is super worried about spoilers. Yeah. All right, that's you fair. know what I mean. But if you are an Adventure Time listener, just fast forward like a minute. Yeah. All right. So anyone who's uh, who's an Adventure Time listener and you don't want spoilers, um, do some earmuffs right now. Pop your headphones out. Um, so one of the big things is that the backstory of the Ice King is that he is. He used to be a like person from our time right now, oh. and then he found the ice crown and he put it on and he drove him crazy and like made him forget his old life. And there's something to do with the va- the vampire girl. Yeah, they actually um, they used he, to date. No, um, he as his old in his old life, like when he was still himself, he found her as a little girl and like took care of her for a while until he went completely crazy. I love the music. It almost like the um the end of it that come along. It's kinda has yeah. that like uh multi peaches like like the music from Juno. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just I don't know. Yeah, all, like all the you, music do you, is very do you well think produced. that would you go so far as to say that because I don't think it's at all inappropriate for children, do you? No, not at all. I mean, like I think quite the opposite. There are definitely some jokes in there that are meant to go over kids' heads, kind of like in a lot of the Pixar movies. They do yeah, that absolutely. But I mean, even those aren't like horrifying if your kid, if it turned out that like your kid was, I don't know, wise beyond his years yeah. and he and he understood. Well, even them. like the episode where uh, what's her name, the vampire girl, uh, Marceline. Yeah, her father's you know sucking souls and stuff, <laughs> and like what was the thing you were talking about? The uh, scene that was like messed up. There was a there was one scene in particular. I don't know. It had to. It was. They have some dark themes. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like this sweet. It's, it's, it's such really, a heartfelt series. Like, it's really just beautiful and it's colorful and animations and like a six year old will like it and a, a twenty nine year old likes it too absolutely. much. <laughs> I'll never yeah. forget. There was an episode when I was a kid. I was watching Ren and Stimpy and my mom walked in and it was the episode where um, Ren has a toothache and his tooth falls out because it's so rotted oh and it's got like the nerves and it does a super tight shot of ren's nerve ending in his tooth 
and there's a beaver chewing on it with its teeth to like simulate the pain and my mom was like what are you watching like it was super good it was super like intense did you guys watch Rocco's modern life yeah, oh absolutely that was a good one. absolutely that was a weird one like, i remember there was like an episode where he was driving to park at the mall and he got to the top floor and his eyes just started bleeding <laughs> By the way, I don't even remember that. But Reno nine one one fits in perfectly. Carlos Alice Rocky, the guy who played the uh, Hispanic cop in Reno nine one one, he does um, Rocco's voice. Did you see that BuzzFeed article too? It was like ten celebrities who did famous voices. Uh, Jessica Walter is the voice of the mother from Dinosaurs. Michael Sierra <laughs> is or Sarah Sarah is the voice of Brother Bear from the Bernstein Bear cartoons. What Uncle Phil from Fresh Prince with Shredder and Ninja Turtles? I knew that one at least. What do you have? You guys seen anything about the new Ninja Turtles? What do you think? The trailer? Have you seen um, the trailer? I will see it. I, it just seems, it seems sort it of looks so bad. I can't. It's Megan Fox. Is I, I mean, the, I'm definitely. I feel like I'm going to wind up seeing it. I'm not going to pay for it. I'm not yeah. going to pay movie ticket price. I like for that. that the way but, I like the first Transformers movie, and I don't care. The first Transformers movie did what it was supposed to. It was such a piece of shit. Just like I just turned it on. I shut off. I didn't care about anything, and I was just along for that crappy ride. That's fair. Just a lot of like it's like bonkers. I didn't like it ironically. It's like the way you, you like pop art. It was just. It was fucking fun. Yeah, but that's the thing that, like, actually, it, I won't go so far as to say that it annoys me, but, like, I feel like there are certain movies where you have to go to the theater and you know that basically what, like, certain, like, like action movies and stuff where you know, that, like, say, like, Need for Speed just came out, and I wanted to see it, not because I thought it might win an Oscar, but because I knew I could turn my brain off. Peace, Paul Walker. <laughs> I knew I could, like... <laughs> Shut my brain off mean. for like an hour and a half and just watch cars explode and drive fast and I didn't have to be critical about it. You know what I mean? Do you ever like when you read online, like people just have to like up the ante of mean and like <laughs> yeah. they watch something bad and they just tear it apart. Oh like, my God. At some point you're like, come on, man. Um, it's it's that like online escalation thing where mm-hmm. like everyone has to be the smartest guy in the room and there's like 25,000 people in the same room and as they're you. all smart as hell yeah and good writing there is something online that there's like if a, a online comment thread goes for a certain length of time there's a hundred percent chance that someone gets compared to Hitler oh yeah Godwin's it, law what it's called Godwin's law why is it's, that I don't know why it's called Godwin's law but it's funny yeah it's a, it's just like it states as the you know as a, as a conversation online continues the probability of someone being compared to Hitler it's like a hundred percent slowly increases oh my god but isn't that anything in life is like isn't that entropy uh, like <laughs> that that's the the for that's like the heat death of uh, online forums speaking of big words the last time that Nate was on you said something oh um. About the Ken debate. And I just looked at my Oh, uh, verisimilitude. Oh. Um, and, and I kind of know what it means, but maybe you could explain it because I had to look it up, actually. <laughs> it so Isn't it like giving something legitimacy? Like, Yeah, kind of. It's when, like, um, of course, now I'm going to sound like a dum-dum because no, I'm not, I can never, I can never uh, define these things as I use them. Um, it's where something is handled, like, realistically. So you would say that, like... Um, Something like Lord of the Rings, for example, is like it's clearly like bonkers fantasy world, but at the same time, it has this like degree of verisimilitude to it because it establishes the rules that like all of the all of these like magical creatures have to follow, and they don't they don't just make up new rules on the fly and like and say just like strap in, it's time for some fantasy stuff to happen. Oh, so when we were talking about the Kevin Hand debate, you were. I didn't, yeah, know like you, I didn't know what you meant when you said that word. I just looked at Mike oh. like, 
And I, I listened to it, and I was like, yeah, you can tell I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> I, am impre- I, I was blown away by that, which I'm glad. But so I didn't know I, – I don't know why I waited right now to ask you that. Oh, so you're saying that um, Ken, him – I mean, Bill Nye was giving him some, like – Well, no, it was um, – How about you? You're was, good with the words. Sorry. <laughs> it was in regards to, uh, to Noah's Ark, saying that, like, mm. if you're going to handle that story with a degree of verisimilitude, you would say – it. You might film it as being like a local flood instead of st- instead of just saying like the entire world is flooded. Here's what's oh. up because obviously like so the physics it, of the whole world. Keep it tied flooded. to reality and somehow exactly like establish a set of rules and then those rules are true as opposed to just saying like here we go like right. just shut your like shut your critical yeah off. it's time well, for like the storytelling that you have to set rules to some but exactly. that's not arguing I'm just saying I just I'm, and and saying like and if you. And if you wanted to turn that off, to, to bring it back to Noah's Ark, you could say, like, you know, God made a bunch of water appear on the earth, the earth was flooded, God made the water vanish, and that's your answer. That's And there's nothing wrong with doing that, but at the same time, if you're... I think I was saying that if you're going to make it, like, a potentially... Something that could be interpreted as a secular story, like, you have to figure out what your what your physics are. I actually have a really... And, well, it's not super interesting, but if you want to get semi-scientific, do you guys mind if I go off on a short tangent? Rock and roll, man. Um, so you guys were talking about about um, verisimilitude and Nate's vocabulary and stuff. I was I'm reading this book right now called The Social Animal by David Brooks, and uh, there's this really he talks about this really interesting theory in the book that says that um, the average human has a sixty thousand word vocabulary, and ninety eight percent of all conversations we have only utilize 4,000 of the most common words. And he was um, suggesting that uh, vocabulary is an evolutionary trait because every word that you have in your vocabulary over the average is an advantage for you. And when you meet a potential mate, you tend to gravitate towards a mate that has a similar vocabulary. And when you have a better vocabulary, you can express yourself better so you're more likely to be able to fix problems that arise, et cetera, et cetera. So having a good vocabulary is – and, like, you're going to get into a lot of arguments with your potential mate. And you're going to be able to um, do well at a job interview and da da da, da. So having a, um, a good vocabulary actually is, like, a genetic evolutionary trait for survival. And that's – I mean, I believe it. I mean, like our, our brains are geared toward – Tool use and like social living. Bas- That's, yeah, basically, those are like yeah. the human advantages over being. Like, you a, literally being a have a better chance of living statistically if you know the meaning of more words. Like, I mean, I I wouldn't say advantage. I wouldn't say you have an advantage living. I mean, what am I trying to say here? Um, well, I know I've read that. Um, I know that people self-select for um, similar intelligence, like. Uh, statistically speaking, people who are around the same IQ tend to just find each other. And sense, I mean, yeah. I think that that's probably how. I think my to... wife is smarter than me. In case she listens to this, <laughs> but I do. Well done. <laughs> well, no, but like it's and I. <laughs> but maybe I'm smarter for saying that. Oh, but Victoria is very intelligent. I do. I do mean that. But yeah, like. So am I. <laughs> Heck yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't I, I tend to not be able to like recant these things very well. But I guess basically they were just saying that like if you meet someone whose vocabulary is also good, then you don't can you well? when you when you argue, you can <laughs> like you it actually really is good. I know. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> I hope that picked up on the mic. That was so stupid. Um, I don't remember. What I was saying, but now but... you're saying that Victoria is stupid. So what are you? What have you done? But I do notice that I always we can cut the mic. Every time I listen to our episodes, you start to say something beautiful, and I somehow slip it and derail everything you say. And I'm kind of sorry. No, it's all right. We'll just cut that out. No, nope, we're gonna keep that in. It was great. Yeah, we'll just add a Chris out of this. <laughs> the whole conversation. Yeah. Me say words. <laughs> Recant. Oh no, I was just saying that like you. If you have a meet someone with a better vocabulary than like, let's say you get into an argument, right? You can use more specific words, more accurate words to describe how you feel about the situation. And if that other person has a good vocabulary, they can also better express how they feel with specific words. And if you, you're more likely to eliminate undesirable mates if you have a better vocabulary, because when you have a better vocabulary, you can, I don't know dig deeper i guess does that make sense i don't know yeah no i know what you like, mean i guess like i don't know tie, really tie back that if someone like to um better like a provider and and that in this these the new world i guess you would refer to that as though if you could attract someone with words with your extensive vocabulary there might be more of an earner and that goes into that like that like very analytic like you want someone who could raise your young and those like old things you're smarter <laughs> use the words but you, i'm having a hard time trying to get trying i'm trying to say but you know what i mean yeah i mean human of human evolution is always a tricky thing to talk about it because we kind crazy. of we kind of self or rather i'm not trying to say self-select um it's we're on to like artificial selection now mm. so i mean nobody with a crappy vocabulary like gets eaten by lions anymore so yeah, it's not it, as though you're it's not as though you're more evolutionarily successful. I'm not if you. I mean, no, I'm not like trying to, you know, just yeah. Because I'm not suggesting that like having a better. I guess I. I guess that was a little bit extreme. I shouldn't have said that it gives you a better chance of living. But I guess they were they were suggesting that it is an evolutionary trait in the sense that it does allow you to to approach certain situations with more like insight. And knowledge than someone who I don't know doesn't know those words. Yeah, no, I agree. Because well, if you can't get a in our world, like our modern world, for like say our our first world, it's like if you can't communicate well, you can't get a job and then provide for yourself and have health insurance and then I guess you can get you can really follow anything down any path. But you know that that is interesting. Is it fun too that you're it's aware of our own evolution and since evolution can move at so many rapid speeds so how can you even know yeah it's no but if if you want to boil it down to like simple like for example if someone doesn't know what the word poison means and i i if you don't know what the word poison means and i hand you this cup of water right here and i say here this is poison drink it and you don't you'll and you don't know what the word poison means you'll say oh okay I'll, and you'll drink it and you'll die that's like super simple uh, example okay but if you like extrapolate that there's a word for you like and get deeper and deeper and deeper with that and something much more complex than a glass of water, like a relationship, a marriage. Like there are lots of little things like that where if you don't know certain words or don't know how to express yourself, you're fucked. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't. Have I shared this with you guys? This is my newest revelation. And I have to give a lot of this up to uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson from Watching the Cosmos. I love Neil deGrasse Tyson. Where it's actually turned me from... Instead of being more pro, I'm still pro science. He was pro. He was a creationist before. I, I, yeah, that is a conspiracy theory <laughs> that we can't I, prove. No, was he? No, no. no. Um, watching with with a matter of other things of like just personal life, per, things my personal life, and watching that show immensely, I've kind of taken the turn of going from more like 
atheist slash nihilistic and kind of turned it to more atheist humanist is my new view of life because after watching that there's just so many things i didn't know where i still don't believe in god personally but it's just like oh well you know maybe i'm wrong i mean i mean I, i don't know i mean i'm definitely like agnostic humanist but i think that anyone with like a proper level of scientific doubt I always, I kind of roll my eyes at, at like, I mean, and it's a very, like, internet-y thing, so don't take this as me, don't take, anyone listening who's an atheist, don't take this as me being, like, critical of your views, because I'm absolutely not, but you get a lot of very shrill people on the internet, and, and it's like, and they say, oh, you know, like, all this stuff is untrue, well, I mean, just at the end of the day, like, how do you know? And, and I'm not saying, like, Oh well, you don't know, and therefore Christianity is right. Because like, that, that'd be stupid. And me but I like, think we've talked about this before. Do you know the actual distinction between agnosticism and atheism? I know we've covered this. Um, atheism I... is like a hard, just saying like there is no God. Uh, agnosticism is saying like I just don't know. It's... I think how can everyone not be agnostic then? I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but the way I think it's kind of like the way I like to look at it's atheism as like how people can be like a Christian and then there's all different levels of it. I always viewed atheism as I don't know, but given the evidence presented, I don't believe. And agnostic is I don't, I believe in something, I just don't know what. That was what I always thought, but I guess it's, I would never tell anyone what to believe unless, no, I, I really wouldn't. No, I wouldn't either. I'm just saying I didn't know if there were, right, like I didn't know if there was a difference between the yeah. two. I think and atheists just fucking dicks. Athe- atheists? Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that same, like, religious impulse that people have where they say, like, my beliefs are right, everyone else's beliefs are wrong. Mm-hmm. And it's that same, exact same thing expressing itself, just in the form of... As any population, like, will grow, like, atheism, you're just going to have that. And the yeah, like, small, loud minority can drown everything out. But, That's yeah, I mean, thing. like, I'm... But I, I don't think atheists or any other religion... Well... I don't think that atheists uh, are like, fuck you, God doesn't exist, you're not allowed to be Christian. The same way that not all Christians are like, fuck you, atheists, you need to believe in God. I think, like you guys said, there's the vocal minority in in every group. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I think it's growing, so you do get those people. And then it's also the internet, like you said. But I guess it's, um, it's funny that watching that show has just changed my mind so much. I don't think you have to identify as an atheist or an agnostic or anything. I think it's yeah, I just, like it's I, easy enough to just say like like me personally, I don't believe in the existence of 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 God of what we know as as God, but like the popular definition of God. Right. I but think I like, just don't like to I, to identify to like right. identify with any group. But I don't know for sure what right, happens I mean, after death. I don't know for sure if. I, I don't know anything for sure, so I just I just I, choose to keep an open mind, basically. Exactly. I feel like any level of like proper like scientific objection, be, like being objective about our universe, just demands that we just shrug our shoulders. And I think that like you can definitely say, and I a hundred percent believe that things like creationism and stuff like that just have no place like in the world. I guess like you can believe it if you want, sure, but like at this point but just or it has no place in science at least in in um because at, like when you're dealing with matters of like the afterlife or a potentially omnipotent being that can just instantly change anything it wants with the snap of a finger in any way that it wants it's just it's just not useful information to have like it's almost to the point where you can just say like who cares because if like if 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 God can snap his fingers and say two plus two is now five, 
and make then it nothing so, matters and, and nothing is real <laughs> yeah then like like i can't base anything off that and if like if if he could just do that at any time and are you make, suggesting it's the same as having no god almost yeah because it's like it's or it's not even that because you can believe whatever you want to believe on your like in your like personal time but it's just not like it's not useful data you know i've actually never looked at it from that angle it's because it's, it's like if if God can can make can snap his fingers and say all circles are ra- are squares now, like you're just it's like okay yeah I guess he could do that. I sure. would say like, <laughs> like Rick, Ricky Gervais yeah, okay. is an asshole atheist. Yeah, Ricky Gervais is it Gervais or Gervais? I don't know. I don't really care. But yeah, he's like one of those people who I don't know. But he's again he's a celebrity. Oh, I I like him. But you know the thing about what I was saying about the turn to the humanist stuff that kind of made me. Be a little more spiritual esque. I think it's more of my personal view is just like I've just stopped caring as much what other people think, and like I don't care if you believe in God. it. It doesn't bother me anymore. But that whole thing of like we're all stardust, and like we're our whole physical bodies are just from matters of space. And when they're doing like the tree of life and stuff, that we're like related to trees and stuff. I don't want to say Avatar because that was like a blatant <laughs> ripoff of like everything. But like I was like, oh yeah, I, I think that was the first time in a while I stopped kind of being so staunch and like I don't believe this. Meh. And I really started to open my eyes. But here I was opening my eyes to this very science I claimed I already believed. So like it's it's yeah. been quite the revelation for me. It's yeah, I think I think it's really quite beautiful. Like uh, and you know T- Neil deGrasse Tyson goes into this some more um, where he talks about how. You know, all how all life is like we're built of out of very simple things too. It's it's like obviously it's expressed itself in this terribly complex way, but I mean the the four material yeah the four materials that are the most prevalent in the human body are like nitrogen, oxygen, carbon, and or no yeah it was the three nitrogen, oxygen, and carbon. And didn't that come from like comets or meteors? They say in the show like. A lot of that stuff. When well, that's been... that's like the oceans and stuff like that. Not yeah. like, well, and that's like where we come from. Well, um, the... or I guess the point I was trying to make is that um, he says that the three most common elements in the human body are nitrogen, oxygen, and carbon, and the four most common elements in the universe are hydro, yeah, hydrogen, helium, oxygen, and nitrogen and carbon. And it's like, you know, it's we're just it's all these like incredibly simple ingredients, and you just throw well, them together, and one of here we are. And there's like. Even if you're not of a spiritual bent, I think there's a there's a great deal of spiritualism to pull from that, and it's it's in the, you know even if you don't if that's not the kind of person you are, like I just think it's quite beautiful. Yeah, like the way one of the <laughs> best ways I've ever heard it explained is in a series called uh, There's a series called How the Universe Works on Netflix. Have you seen it? Is that narrated by Mike, Mike Rowe Rowe. from yeah. Dirty Jobs? And yeah, but he oh, has runs the universe the Dirty Job. But he was talking about how. Um, how like stars work there's an ep- you guys can go on Netflix it's how the universe works it's one of the episodes it's called like stars or supernovas or something um, he talks about how like how a star works is like hydrogen atoms smash together and form helium atoms so one plus one is two those smash into helium atoms smashes into a helium a- helium atom two plus two is four eight sixteen whatever and that when it reaches uh, when iron starts to get made inside of a star i don't know what the atomic number of iron is but apparently when it reaches iron that's the point where the star becomes too heavy to support itself and um the pressure gets so intense inside the star that it collapses it implodes supernova but when it's before it implodes and after it implodes that's when all of like the rare heavy elements are created and when the star supernovas all of those elements from heal from hydrogen all the way to the heaviest elements that were created during the life of the star are dispersed into the out into the universe. 
and all of the elements that are in earth like the microphone i'm holding your body the the ocean everything every molecule every element gold silver of at one point was literally inside of a star like that's where all of these ele- all of these elements come from is from the death of stars so i i know that was a bit tangential but I thought that that was really... It's really incredible. So we are, when people say that expression, we're star stuff, that's very accurate. I was kind of wondering, so I'm glad you said that. That's what I was getting around to. Like when they say we're made of stars, we are literally made of stars. Wow. It's really incredible when you dig into like how that stuff happens too. It's the one good thing, not to call anyone here a hipster, but the one (laughs) positive thing I think of hipster culture is kind of like, it's almost, it's opposite of the anti-intellectualism culture. You know, like, it's hip to be cool. Like, hipsters, not all, but, like, it's hip to be cool. Like, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Hip hip to be a nerd. Yeah, hip to be a nerd. Like, it's hip. Like, Neil deGrasse Tyson is a cool fucking guy right now. Yeah. He's he's... a dorky-ass scientist. He's such a lovable geek, right? Yeah, he's awesome. Have you listened to his uh, his podcast? Since you... I've always had it on my phone, and I never listened to it, and then I finally listened to it after your recommendation since we recorded. It's so much fun. I can't do all of them, but, like, I just... I love it. I really... It's fun that, like, that's, like, it's cool. Like, he's got the just the best rapport. Like, he has comedians on, and you can tell it's because it's not really because they can contribute a whole lot to the scientific stuff. Well, he, likes, he just likes hanging out He with likes them. comedy, and you could tell that. Like, yeah. I, I, and I also hate, too, now, like, everything you have to be is, like, if you like something hyper-specifically, you're, like, a nerd. Like, I'm not a, I don't consider myself a nerd only because I'm not smart enough to be a nerd. I'm definitely, like, N.E.R. No, that's not true. No, like, I, like, I, re- I don't, like, play video games, and, like, I don't, like, obsess that much into, like stuff like that so like i guess i'm dorky-ish but like i don't get like i really like the simpsons i'm like a simpsons nerd but i I just think that's kind of cool and like i remember growing up and like especially when like the hip i guess you'd call it hip-hop culture was coming and like nwa was coming up and like the early nerd what's that i said you you know all about the uh, hardcore 90s uh gangster rap culture you were a big part of it, right? You were a rapper yourself. Well, I was a white kid who had to buy the records and listen to it at home and try to relate to that world. But like, I know in that world, I guess of like the like, there's such anti-intellectualism within, I guess, the ghettos and stuff like that. Even like you watch The Wire, like you hear kids growing up in like projects who get Fresh Prince, like he would get beat up for bringing his school books home. And I just I like how that part of hipster culture is kind of transforming things. That's a real that's a real thing, by the way. Is um. Uh, a problem that black kids encounter in the inner city is that there's this culture that if uh, it's a real problem, there's this culture that this is mindset among young or among black youth where um, I'm just going to be frank, where they they there's this idea that uh, of of white privilege and how um, if you're a black kid who's doing their homework and got your nose in the books that's actually frowned upon by some do you know what i'm saying like i don't i'm not saying it's a bad thing we should cut that out no 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 that's a hundred percent true we're we're i'm saying we're, we're there are a lot of black kids who get mocked by their peers yeah. for being very for being bookworms and well to be fair that exists for white people too that's no no of course for anyone but i think yeah. it's just more pervasive in the black community and maybe that's not fair to say but well, i think what to add to what you're saying but also look at it as like have you ever watched the wire no, I haven't. I think it really portrays this. This David Simon will refer to as the other America. So you have like young black kids, young kids, growing up in Section Eight housing, 
Um, the father, a lot of times, is out of the picture. Mother is either working two jobs or, as we were talking earlier, I don't know if we'll make it in. It was like about like the. This is very pervasive in like the crack epidemic, where you were having like a lot of before like, the early seventies. You had a lot of single mothers. But then life is hard and got hooked on crack because it was just so cheap. So then you were having just kids raising themselves. But anyway, so like imagine growing up poor in this country. It's not cool to learn. And this like very specifically in the drug war, all the industry is left where you live. You're growing up in Section 8. All the jobs are gone. You're living in this other America. You got cops like knocking at your door and like kicking the shit out of you. The schools have given you up. Like the wire is really like a critique on institutionalism. And then so on top of all those things, it's, it's created its culture where like to get out of the ghetto you have to be like i don't know if this is as popular now but when i was growing up this was like very prevalent in like our culture like you had to be a rapper or a like a sports star to get out of the ghetto because we it's just scary like if you even like in providence there's parts you just don't go to and it sounds so mm-hmm. wrong with this is our city like we live here we talk about how much we love it but i i can't speak to the south side of providence yeah, I think... Um, and this doesn't make us bad people. This is how our country has been operating. Yeah, I mean, it's all just institutionalized at this point. Yeah. I mean, there's... um, This might be, like, a little explosive to say almost, but um, there, I read this one really great quote, and it was about... They were referring to, like, alcoholism among um, American Indians, but um, but they said there's the the final stage in any successful, like genocide or any you know successful like cultural attack mm-hmm. on somebody's culture is the point where um the people who are responsible can like step back and say my god what are these people doing to themselves yeah yeah and i guess we're, i was focused on like the black community which i think has changed greatly since the 90s but oh, I mean, for sure women any 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 anyone like, look at the irish like how it was to be irish in this country at one point and now i think um actually i was just reading about this today irish and german were um people were and it's funny because you think of Germans as being like the, the white people, but yeah. you saw that stuff in Boston where like they're pretty the... much if like in this in this country, if you have not if you if you weren't like Anglo-Saxon or like, yeah, pretty much like British or French. Then yeah. You like you got crap. You ever read uh, there's a book called White Privilege and there's a lot of privilege you get from being Caucasian that you just and little things you don't realize Absolutely. little tiny things. Just, just a little aside, if you guys are interested in this topic, there's a book called Speaking treason fluently and i don't recall the name of the author but it's written by a white guy and the whole premise of the book is about white guilt and how he's actually outraged at the fact that he's he was born with so much privilege because of his skin color and he he, he goes into talking about white privilege it's called uh speaking treason fluently it's a good book i have to look into that but if you're born like and wealthy and i guess now it's and we're focused on class and stuff in this country but if you have a lot of money in this country your life is just better it yeah. doesn't matter what color you are it's fucking better it's true. It's just awesome. No, it's a, I, I it's, wish I had all Louis C.K. has a whole skit about that, yeah. about how he doesn't think um, white people are better, but being white is clearly better. <laughs> that's that's verbatim what he says. Those aren't my words. Those are Louis C.K.'s words. It is true, though. Well, you're born with a certain... Privilege. Right, right. That's yeah. what he... It's just a fact. No, I mean, it's a funny thing for me, because, I, mean, uh, I mean, we were talking about this earlier. Like, I'm Jewish. The way, like, Jewishness is handled i guess um would is it's matrilineal which means if your mother's jewish you are like that's just how it is like I, whether I, you want to be or not right i am i'm part of the tribe i um i you know if if the religion is to be believed then i then like i have a contract with god then mm-hmm. i'm probably not doing that good of a job of holding up but i don't look it i don't 
I don't have any of the, you know, I look, if people look at me and they, they say, they think like this is an, that's an Irish dude. Cause I look Irish as hell. Mm-hmm. And like, I've definitely heard people say some like weird shit about juice and, or it'll turn up in people's language and they think, you know, it's fine to say around me because I'm, Oh, here's an Irish dude. What's he care? And like, it's just, it's a, it's a weird ass thing, man. I always wonder that about you, Mike, because of the way you've grown up, because as you explained, you just grew up a lot of white people. You know, it, I, yeah, I was, I'm adopted and I was raised by two white parents, one Irish, one Polish. Um, so my mannerisms, my behavior, my, the community I grew up in, there was only like eight or nine kids in my high school who were black. So like you know, it's funny, like, my friends would tease me a lot when I was younger because I was kind of like the token black kid, and so they would make black jokes around me and stuff, and it was funny because they're my friends and they're all white, you know, so I go along with it, but then you get older and you realize it's not that funny. It's like, oh, yeah, your friends just think you're a big punchline. That's great. Right, and, you know, friends will still make jokes sometimes online or, like, whatever, and it's like... It's okay to say it to Mike. I still go with it. It's okay to say it to Mike because... He's not really... Right. He's not really black, but he looks black outwardly. I know that's kind of like a fucked up, like, deep no, thing no, to say, no, I mean, but but it happens. So is, like, race related, <laughs> like racial everything but, is fucked but, up, so go for it. Right. So that's right. But yes, I, I, I do identify more with white people than black people because... And you know what my mother said to me once... I, I think culture, like culture, black culture. What do you mean? There's a difference from African and African American. Not being racist, I had a good friend in college who's you like, fucking racist. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Like my friend, my good friend from college, Francis, was from Sierra Leone, and would go on rants about the difference of African and African American culture. They're two separate, and how people just pull it all together. I identify, yeah, I identify more with white people, um, but it's only because I grew up around them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I got to be honest, like, we'll look, we, we, we've cut things out on the podcast that we've said, and we were worried that they might offend listeners, right? But I think that, like, certain stereotypes, and this is a, a rocky road here, but, like, I think one of the big problems is that people are afraid to talk about race, even, like... Like, I'll just be blunt. Like, people are afraid to use the word nigger in conversation. Like, uh, it's a word, right? No, I'm serious. And, like... Oh, boy, oh, boy. No, I... You're going to leave this in. And, like... Because I'm standing... Like, I think something we need to be able to do in this country is talk about race. We need to be able to talk about it. I need to be able to share my opinion the way you need to be able to share your opinion. And I think everybody can do that without being offensive but like I don't know, like I think sometimes people uh, actually it's it's a it's a real thing. It's uh, in, is it incidental racism? Is that what it is? Accidental racism where Michael, you purposely trying not to be racist makes you racist. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's like micro micro racial transgression, Aggression. something like that. Where, I've heard that where one, you purposely where like, like you have racial stereotypes in mind, so you purposely try to not say those things. Because you think it'll make you sound racist, but by not saying those things, you're actually addressing them. Like if you meet someone who's Asian and assume, like, oh, where in China are you from? Exactly. Like, I'm from um, North Carolina. <laughs> but some, but some racial stereotypes are true. Like, and what I was saying, no, they are though. Come on, let's be honest. No, 
<laughs> people get so upset. People get so upset. But why can't I, we just talk about it? I think that I think that it's a little. It's a. It's a really rocky road to say that like any stereotype is true because. But actually, stereotypes br- exist. Some stereotypes well, to, uh, exist. Uh, to, bring it, to bring it back. <laughs> that is true. Um, to bring it back to the whole privilege thing, um, a lot of privilege I think is being able to be an individual, where you know if. Like, if I'm, I don't know, what's a stereotype for white people? Cracker. Hipsters. Oh, uh, oh, I thought you meant a word. Oh, no. Um, Yeah, like, if I'm a nerd, if I'm, like, a nerdy white guy, which I 100% am. Yeah, like, if I I can't dance, people say, oh, that's... Do you like 80s pop music? Sure, I like, whatever, I like 80s pop music, doesn't matter. Like, it's one of these stereotypes, say one of these stereotypes is true of me. People say, oh, that's a guy who can't dance or whatever. Whereas if... White men can't jump, blah blah blah. Yeah, if I can't do slam dunks, right. then um, then you know, they, they, then I'm I'm an individual person who can't do slam dunks. But at the same time, there's nothing it, to do with you being white, right? But then there's um, because there are plenty of white people who can tear it up on the court. Exactly. Um, but and then there's this, and then you know, one of my favorite like horrible stereotypes is oh, like people always say women aren't funny, whereas like if there's a woman who is funny, everyone says, wow, this girl is really funny in, yeah. in opposition to her gender. And if she's not funny, everyone goes, oh, there's another boring woman again. And it's yeah. like, and it, it, like, she can never be an individual. She can't just be who she is. Yeah. She can't be just be a woman funny. who's not, she can't just be a person who's not funny, you know? Right. It's, she has to be like she representative to... of her gender. And I don't know. You find that with everything. I think that's really interesting. What well, do you think what you're saying about the whole stereotype things? I think, well, he, go ahead. If we we're going to talk, say stereotypes, I would say you grew up much whiter than I did. And that's why I think you could say that and where I got queasy because I grew up in a diverse area of people. And when you say that, because you're thinking of your childhood is all a bunch of Caucasians, but my childhood and my schooling was all a little bit of everybody. What are you talking about? I can say <laughs> the N word. No, no. About how some stereotypes are true. But the thing is, like, I met every, not every, I met so many, I've grown up and met so many different types of people that you can learn that stereotypes. Like, listen, I've gone to Brooklyn and been in that part where you meet, like, this stereotypical Jewish woman, and it's amazing. They're wonderful. But, like, I've grown up with people of from the Middle East. Like, I had friends from the Middle East and all over the world just growing up in my schools. So, and so, and I don't think you meant to be. If- all I was saying was that, like, the st- some of the stereotypes that do exist are based in truth. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying all stereotypes are true. But I mean, I'm not saying I think all stereotypes are 100% accurate. And listen, some stereotypes are ridiculous. Like the, the one of the classic ones, blondes are, are ditzy and dumb. That has no validity to it whatsoever. I've met every person of every race, of every ethnicity, of every color, who are either brilliant or stupid. And yeah. it doesn't matter what color you are, where you're from, what color your hair is. There are... are all types of people like that particular stereotype is dumb and I'm not going to, I won't name a stereotype just out of respect, but like, I think there are some stereotypes where you could say, well, yeah, that does occur frequently in that population. And statistically the like, the probability of X, Y, Z is actually kind of true. Do you think that exists because for not you specifically, anyone, when you say black people like watermelon, first off, who the hell doesn't love watermelon? It's delicious. Well, but if you were to see a black person eating watermelon, your mind, all of my minds would go to that pre-programmed thought. There Plus, are certain stereotypes. Like, okay, for, can I just say one more thing, real go quick? For it. Okay, so the, they say, okay, black people like you know Kool Aid and stuff, right? But the thing is, in poor communities, 
people are well that's that's a redundant statement in poor communities people are poor statistically in every poor community in in almost every poor community in america the largest ones the majority of people are are black or hispanic or like asian pacific island or whatever so those parents that were poor in those poor neighborhoods that were mostly black or hispanic they needed to give their kids something to drink to take something to school what are they going to buy are they going to buy italian soda water are they going to buy no they're going to buy the cheapest thing they can buy which is kool-aid for 99 cents there's a socioeconomic reason why a lot of black people do like i mean a lot of white people like kool-aid my whole family is kool-aid they're all white like kool-aid has nothing to do with race but socioeconomically there was a cause and effect mm, okay. that, I mean, that happened do you know what I mean and dealing with that I don't even know but I don't know if you can really call that a stereotype then because you're not dealing with something that's I don't even know like guaranteed by whatever you want to call right. it genetics it, I mean you look at things like people you know racists say that like oh black people do more crimes and stuff like that but that but do you look at police statistics that say that like police are more likely to more aggressively prosecute right. with like, like the stop minority and frisk, crimes yeah. and then we and then we turn around and say oh well they're more aggressively stopping them because more of them do them blah 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 yeah and so it's it's all these it's, like it's a self-fulfilling prophecy though yeah too. it's it's things that we're lo- that like we're looking, we're looking for, for and i mean if you if you look for any information like this, you're, you're bound to be able to find something. Well, it's the same with, we were ideas. talking about conspiracy theories in 9-11. What was it you said, Chris? If you're arguing against, or if you're arguing, like, you you may, when I was talking about 9-11, you said if you're arguing, instead of arguing to a point, you're arguing to, like, the lack, instead of arguing proof, you're arguing the lack of proof. Like, 9-11, if you're arguing a conspiracy, it's pointless because... Well, to swing me back around what you were saying, I think, I understand what you're saying there are, Maybe there's not. Maybe there are truths to stereotypes, but you were. I guess I maybe misinterpreted what you're saying. But I guess what you just said was very well spoken. Is there are origins of where those stereotypes come to be? Right. Well, there are cult. Yeah, the poor people with the Kool Aid, and that I, is an origin. And so there. And I that just is get, true. They I do just exist. Get, I just get uncomfortable about that stuff because so often those stereotypes are on the part of people who like they're self fulfilling for one thing, and for another thing they're like they're fostered and they're founded and they're like you know they're they're nestled up close by people who want to sneer at and i i just feel like giving those ideas any ground is a little worrisome i i can agree with you on that i'm not i want the listeners to understand and you guys that i'm not saying that i subscribe to stereotypes no we need to have both sides of the arguments to make this good talk no we need i need i want to be clear i'm not in any way suggesting that I'm not trying to legitimize stereotypes, but what I am saying is that some of the stereotypes that exist are rooted in real things. But like Nate said, people take it to the next level. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, and it it, it becomes self-serving. And or it, I mean, the argument I'm making is just that so often those real things are were started by people who hate the people that those stereotypes right, are about. Right. Right. So right. I just like I don't know. I just don't. I wanna... just didn't. Maybe I didn't say it right. I just. Well, I guess maybe the good one was black men have bigger penises, so maybe they made that as like, like fuck you. <laughs> well, like, well, actually, even that was um, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not being like insecure male. It's just, it's just, 
Is it, there, I think if you have there, to say there it, there's scientific data to show that, like, you know. No, if I remember right, that was like a Victorian era one because yeah. they, because the Victorians oh. wanted to imply that, like, black people were more, like, animalistic or whatever. Yeah. Or, like, because they thought it was, like, I don't even know what you would say, polite to have a smaller <laughs> penis. Do you feel because of your race and the way you grew up that you're more comfortable with racism than, say, me? Because I, I hear you say a lot, and I know you don't mean this negatively, but you say, think, you throw, maybe it's because of my white privilege. No, you know, maybe it's because, you're right, I'm a little more sensitive, but you can, you say things that I could, I feel like I would never say. Do you think it's because you kind so, of grew up with it? So, this is the classic, like, paradox, too, where they say that, like, black people can use the N-word, but white people can't, right? That's... It's, it's always kind of a white people totally can. Louis C.K. has this great bit about, and I'll get round to what you're saying, but has this great bit about how like when a white uh, anchor woman on, well, yeah, Louis C.K. had a bit about how when like, and again, these are Louis C.K.'s words, not mine. I'm quoting here. He was saying when there's like a white woman on the news, like a, a news anchor, uh, and she uses the word the N word, not the actual word, but uh, and I'm not using the word out of respect to the listeners, but when she says the N word, you're making the viewer. Louis C.K. actually drops an N bomb in one of his yeah. in one of his bits. He has this whole thing about how much he hates deer, and he calls him the N word. Yeah, he and, has another uh, bit about the like, barista too, and yeah, makes and, his coffee. And David Cross has. Yeah. I, I have yeah. like a David Cross CD where he says yeah. it. To address your question, um, do I maybe? Um, I think part of it is I don't know if. Because I didn't, I didn't grow up around a lot of black people, but, but, you, but you, I am right. But I am of color. But you always grew up with people making fun of you for your race, and do you feel like you grew up? It's okay to make those comments because when you're with a group of all the same people, bad. Th- and I'm, we're all guilty of it. I'm not trying to put this on you. This is nobody's fault. Did you just think because like if, if you grew up where it's okay to make jokes about somebody's race, you just do it naturally because it's funny. Dude, everything's funny. So do you think that's part of where it comes from? Like, because you consider yourself culturally white, so you'll joke around about race more than I would. But I, I, I grew up culturally white as well, but I just couldn't make a remark like that because in fear of getting the shit kicked out of me by someone of offensive very close to me. It's not, it's not that, because I, I made a comment earlier where I said that I think we need to be able to talk about race. I agree. And, uh, like, look, I, 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 there are certain things I just don't, I don't have a problem talking about them. If put it this way, I would never call anybody anything like I don't know how to phrase it. Like whether it's a gay person, a black person, an Asian person, a white person, whatever it is that those those um, racial terms are, the negative version. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. For that for that ethnicity, I would never use those words. But if I'm talking to you in a conversation and we're having a, dis- a real discussion where those words need to be used, I guess I don't have a problem using them if I'm not calling a person. Like I, al- I also understand that that's dicey because I'm perpetuating. For the record, I don't find you racist at all. I, but that's the thing is like, like okay, like for example, in, in an earlier episode, and you can cut this out if you want, um, I used the, use the word MOOC. But all I was doing was quoting a TV show. Yeah. I would never say that to a black person. Obviously, I would never say that. But I'm talking to you about something somebody said on a TV show. Why is that not okay? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's okay. 
of course you have to use tact and based on the situation, but I've never found it uncomfortable to discuss race. But maybe you have a point. I mean, maybe Maybe me growing up around people who did on occasion make jokes of a racial nature, maybe I thought that was okay or something. I don't know. I I never saw it that way, though. It could be my white guilt. I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I just, and it's. I think it's in the same way. Some people don't mind talking about sex. Some people don't mind talking about whatever. It's, I think some people just don't mind talking about race, like yeah. across a table. But some people, the same way, some people won't talk about politics or whatever. Some people just have different comfort levels with different things, you know. Wow. You know, it's funny that we sat down and tried to do an episode about TV conspiracy theories and it evolved into a yeah, racial. And then this happened. Racial. It's hard to, it's, sometimes it's hard to talk about this stuff. Like, if I didn't have a microphone to my face right now, I would probably be speaking more freely. But out of respect to the listeners, I'm trying, like, even now I'm trying to censor myself. And I feel like I shouldn't have to. I feel like I should be able to express my opinions honestly and it not, and it, and it be okay. But we, we live in a world where, like, I'm not. I'm choosing not to say the end, the actual N word. I'm choosing not to use those racial slurs because there are people out there it might offend, and like that bothers me. Like, it doesn't bother me that I can't use racial slurs, but like it bothers me that we live in a world where like where it's still so fucking uncomfortable to 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 discuss it at all. Like, that well, I think sucks. what you said about about how how it's like talking about sex is very apt. I mean, I think everyone has very, very different experiences. And I mean, you growing up as as like a black kid in a mostly white community, you probably had people like, you know, making fun of you. But like it was very I, playful. It was not malicious. Right. Nobody was. Although, nobody was, although I even that's defending it. But yeah, I you know what I mean? So. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It, I mean, not malicious. to not to describe not to like describe yeah. your experience for you. But right. like you you never had somebody like scream some scream that at you while trying to hurt you, you right. know. And there are, I can't speak. There are a lot of people who have, and I think like hearing it even in a sort of polite context, like for those people, there's no context to hear that in which it's right. safe. You well, know? you know, I I was saying earlier, and I I got sidetracked like I always do. My mom made a comment to me once. I'll never forget. It was probably like, I don't know how old I was. I was probably like eighteen or nineteen, and we were just having a conversation about when I came to live with them and, and, you know, the, you know, the adoption process or whatever. And she, I was sitting there with my mom and my dad and she made this comment. She said, you know, one of the only things that I look back on having, you know, adopted you and stuff. One of the only things I look back on and wish I could have done better is let you is to help you understand more about who you are and give you both sides of that experience and I was in Catholic school for first grade. I was in public school for kindergarten and then Catholic school for first and second grade, and I hated it. And one of the reasons that my mom and dad purposely pulled me and my sister out of Catholic school and put us into public school, ones public schools were better, but two, there were black kids at public school. There were Asian kids at public school. Yeah. There were, I'm being serious, like there were all types, you know, kids of different capabilities, kids of different economic, socioeconomic backgrounds. And my mom told me, she said, you know, I wish... I could have, you know about our, our our ethnicities, Irish, Polish, but I really wish I could have given you more of a more cultural experience and you learned more about the black side of you and the Spanish side of you. That's something she couldn't give to me. So I, she she outright said, like, you were kind of deprived of part of, you know what I'm, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So I thought, you're right. I mean, 
that's one of the reasons I'm so glad I went to school in Boston. I mean, just it made me so much more sensitive to, to like who was around me and like how you know how just how just what you should say. You know, it made me so much more tactful and so much more sensitive to those things just by being a but just by getting out of the suburbs and just being around so many people. And I think a big thing is, you know, in Boston in particular, like it's kind of a racist city and yeah, just a little bit. Um, and just, just hearing, hearing people like hurting other people with those words, instead of it just being like, Oh, you got a black friend. So you, you say some, mm-hmm. say some weird, well, weird you stuff know, to them. like I remember this is like, and this is intense. Like a lot of people will never experience this, but like, it's weird having your mom say this to you. Like I remember when I got my driver's license, I was 16 and like only a few weeks after I had my license, like I was just talking another time I was talking to my mom and she said to me, like, and I was listening to her talk and she was like, I'll never forget her. Like almost on the verge of tears. Like basically just, she's, she was just trying to explain to me that like, because like basically she told me that because my skin is a different color and I live in a mostly white community that if I get pulled over, I need to be polite. I need to keep my hands in sight. If you're reaching into the, if you're reaching in, you know how I learned, like if a police officer pulls you over, why, if you need to reach for your registration in the glove box, you're supposed to say, I'm reaching into the glove box. I'm reaching into the center console. My mom basically told me like, she didn't come out and say it, but I knew what she meant. And she was right. And it's like Trayvon Martin thing. Did you see, there's a great article about um, just kind of how when you get raised minority in this country, you grow up differently, you get taught differently. You have to uh, defy the stereotype, especially with law enforcement. Well, she was saying, like, it's not fair. Yeah. Like, she's like, I, it's not fair that you should have to, that it should be that way for you. And I'm not saying she outright said that. No, your mom's wonderful. Right, but I'm just saying she was trying to say it in the most motherly way possible and you have to think this is your mom and she loves her son and you don't want to be racist but you want your kid not to get shot by a cop reaching for his license because that happens right it, yeah. that's yeah well, i guess this is a good wrapping point um wow this got yeah, this got real heavy <laughs> every time we hang out let's do it again um Absolutely. Nate, thanks for coming on let's chat again real soon